You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Payne and Pendergast with you on a, uh, on a Tuesday. Uh, 713-572-4610. A lot of people sending in texts on the trailer wheel and frame text page. Trailer wheel and frame. Got a bunch of them we'll get to here. But to, to me, the, the, uh, the story from over the weekend that, uh, that at the very least got the most engagement for me personally because I pulled the video and posted the video that everybody seems to be using for this. And the stories that I saw online, it's my tweet that's embedded in a lot of them. So you're welcome to all the media out there using this for me doing the hard labor of hitting buttons on my phone to screen yeah. grab video. I mean, that yeah. wasn't easy. Steal content, basically. Yeah, they're, so. I mean, they're basically thieving stuff that I thieved from Channel 2. Yeah. Um, so, um, so we're all thieves. Uh, Tillman Fertitta was at the uh, Mardi Gras parade in Galveston, as he is every year, he and his family. They are fixtures at the Mardi Gras parade. Tillman is from Galveston. His company, Landry's, has a bunch of floats in that parade. They've got the Pleasure Pier down there, which he owns. Several restaurants it's, down that it's, way. It's as close to this, the the Fertitta situation in Galveston is like I feel like the closest to the way things were back in the day when a super rich dude kind of owns a town. Yeah, um, <laughs> and the residents are kind of like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> like he does a lot of good for it. Whatever. It yeah, should be yeah. named Fertittaville. It should yeah. absolutely. Um, so he did an interview, Tillman did, with Frank Billingsley of Channel 2. Frank Billingsley, of course, the lead meteorologist on, on Channel 2, does a great job. They had all hands on deck for the coverage of the Mardi Gras parade. So you had, you had meteorologist Frank Billingsley doing interviews with people on the street down there, including Tillman Fertitta. They did about three or four minutes talking about how awesome Mardi Gras is and how great the atmosphere was and, boy, the weather's nice tonight and all those things. And Tillman had his usual energy and Frank did a great job and, here was what the last 15 seconds of the interview sounded like, because this is what has everybody talking. They squeezed in 15 seconds of rocket talk. Take a listen. Okay, well, I know we're not going to talk business, so I'll just say, go Rockets. Hey, absolutely. <laughs> we, we got, thank God we got 10 days off. <laughs> Thanks so Pray much. Pray for Victor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Happy Mardi Gras. Okay, we're going we're gonna to play it again. The, the part that people are, are zoned in on is the part where he screams, Pray for Victor. Yeah. Pray for Victor. Now, Victor is Victor Wembanyama, the seven foot four teenager who's playing in France right now, who is considered by many experts to be the a generational talent, the He's most freakish man, the, the most impactful <laughs> incoming player since LeBron James. He's like Durant, but. Bigger and better in so many ways, yes. potentially. He's it's nuclear crazy. Durant, yes. Like you, would you say nuclear Durant? He's Durant, but he got bit by a spider, a right. radioactive spider. Right. Yeah. Right. If, if Durant had gotten bitten by a radioactive spider, yeah. he would look like Victor Wembignano. That's right. It's one thing that he's got range out to 25 feet. It's another that he shoots webs at opposing players to defend <laughs> them, yes. So, so let's play it one more time so people can hear. The exchange, again, Billingsley. All Billingsley is saying here is go Rockets. For those of you out there who are like, Tillman had a drink in his hand. He shouldn't have been, shouldn't have been put in that spot by Frank Billingsley. Take a listen one more time and then listen to yourselves. Okay, well, I know we're not going to talk business, so I'll just say go Rockets. Hey, absolutely. We, we got, thank God we got 10 days off. Thanks so Pray much. for Victor. <laughs> yes, happy Mardi Gras. Okay, there were so many reactions to this. Now, I guess the first thing is what what should Tillman have probably done? I would say, Ben, just play it one more time. One more okay, well, I know we're not going to talk business, so I'll just say go Rockets. Hey, absolutely. Okay, bingo, right? there he's go hey absolutely happy mardi gras everybody and you walk away <laughs> tillman goes on to say good thing we got 10 days off which by the way they do for the all-star break at least yeah, nine a, days off yeah crazy kinda, yeah well uh, yeah 
trying to – pretty soon it's going to be a year-long uh, season. Just uh, anything they can do to try to uh, to keep people spread from load it, managing. Yeah, yeah spread like, it just, out. Please, hey, you will play once a week. Okay, we'll do 52 like games, soccer. play once a week, and that's it. Okay? Um, well, you, do you promise you'll play then? Yeah. Pray for Victor. So, Seth, uh, and, uh, so this is, a, this is an NBA owner yeah. who's in a league that has a lottery system to determine the first overall pick. Um, which the Rockets have essentially and probably mathematically clinched a spot in said lottery. I think they could win out and they'll yep. still be in the lottery. They have the worst record in the NBA right now. So this is, I mean, it's it's maybe not the direct equivalent, but pretty close. Like pray for Victor is not saying tank for Victor. Right, right. Right, just pray yeah. for Victor. But pray it's, for Victor. But, it, but it's in the same neighborhood as uh, like an NFL owner screaming some sort of Bryce Young hashtag. You know what I mean? It's It's... It's, it's, and I don't think, if, if, as far as, um, okay, so that part, <laughs> pray for more subpar performances from the Rockets. I guess you're, you're saying you, you hope they don't go on some kind of magical run that puts them into the very low probability category well, or let's, something. Let, let's be honest. If we're praying for Victor, that means yeah. pray that Victor becomes a Rocket. And the best way for him to become a Rocket, if we're praying for optimal chance at becoming a Rocket for Victor... Yeah. It's to lose the rest of your games. Like that maximizes your chances of Victor Wembanyama becoming a Houston Rocket. Are they I feel like um I feel like that because he's got a uh I feel I think his parents are from the Congo. I'm not sure. But uh because he's got an African sounding last name, are people uh people upset that you'd be praying to perhaps Allah instead of uh instead of a Christian god? I don't know. I don't know. I, I got a lot of reaction he to is my French, by the way. He, which, he's, He's, he's French, he's, but or at least he's, play, he's, he's playing. He's grown in up and playing in France. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, got a lot of different reactions to my tweet. I got to tell you, Seth. Yeah, he was born in France. Oh, yeah. he was. Okay, okay. He could run for America. Yeah, he could run for president. I guess. <laughs> Which I hear he's. Th- it's either the NBA or running for president yeah, as yeah, a nineteen-year-old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the reactions <laughs> felt to, uh, on my Twitter timeline to this video, and this video has like six hundred thousand views. Not an exaggeration on my Twitter timeline. Um. Four buckets I think they fell into. These are the buckets they fell into. And you tell me which one or two or maybe the closest to how you feel about Tillman Fertitta screaming, pray for Victor at the Galveston Mardi Gras parade. Number one, Tillman is being real. Good for him. You know, like he's, yeah, we're all praying for Victor right now. That's what we need. It's number one. Number two. Man, the Rockets are going, the Rockets are going to get whacked by the NBA and there's no way they're getting Victor now. As if the NBA is going to fix the lottery now because Tillman yeah. screamed this. That's number two. Right, right, right. Yeah. Number three, this is embarrassing for Rocket fans that you have your owner screaming to pray for a teenage player to be the savior for your team that is now going to be three years in a row the worst team in basketball. I don't – yeah, I – Okay, but oh, is there a fourth bucket? There's a fourth, fourth one. Bucket? The fourth okay. one was this is hilarious. Yeah, but okay. My quick objection to the third bucket would be that the Rockets. The last time they prayed for a uh, a young player uh, that could might come in and be the savior. Um, so specifically was Hakeem Olajuwon. Eighty four. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the last twenty games of the season were not the best efforts uh, out, of the, out of the Houston no. Rockets. No, in no the lottery time. started next year after yeah, that. So, yeah. <laughs> it's a true story. <laughs> like, we can't let this happen with Patrick Ewing. <laughs> so, it didn't work out all that bad. I it almost, you know, because um, the way Wembenyama plays, I mean, uh, the other thing that we always try to keep coming back to in this city about once every decade or so is some kind of Twin Towers. And uh, with this, because when Minyama can play, look, yes, everything's way more spaced out these days. The last time they tried to do it, they tried to do it with two guys who could barely hit the rim from the three-point line, Ashik and Dwight Howard. Yeah, that wasn't going to work out. No. This... This would be different with Shangun, yeah, Webin Yama. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Oh wow! Yeah, that could be something fierce, big time. Woo. Everybody, big time. go today after our show is over. No, wait, wait until all of our programming during yeah. the day is over, or during the next commercial break. Um, just, just Google some Webin Yama highlights, and just uh, so you can see what we're talking it's about. It's exactly. tasty. Yeah. yeah, it is tasty. It's hard not to like, and it's hard. Like he's playing. Um, this isn't some kid that's dominating high school kids in Detroit right now. Right. You know, he's doing it in a professional league, and it's, uh, it, it's pretty damn impressive. I wonder how Houstonians feel. Um, who would Houstonians rather? We've got two teams that are picking or going to be picking near the, the top or at the top, possibly in the case of the Rockets, of their respective drafts. 
Bryce Young or Victor Wembanyama? If you could have one of the two, Bryce Young. Oh, oh, Wembanyama. Yeah, 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 well, 100%. yeah. I think the only the, the, like the only thing that maybe pushes Bryce Young is the, the play. No disrespect to the Rockets, the place of football on the landscape here in town. But Wembanyama is can't miss. Bryce Young yeah. might get pulverized in the first preseason game. Yeah, I I openly pine for Bryce Young and yet acknowledge that the the size is an issue. It's uh, it just you have to consider it. Um, it's a risk factor, and and I know that some people are adamant that size doesn't matter at all. Then uh, take that out to an extreme and ask yourself, okay, would you be comfortable with, 100, with a 127-pound quarterback in the yep. NFL right now? Okay, that's an extreme example, obviously. But the, it is a factor. It's a concern. But I feel like Bryce Young's other qualities outweigh all of the other quarterback prospects by so far. And, and I can see a lot of his game translating to the NFL. I could see him being that transcendent. Drew Brees, young Russell Wilson type that can overcome these size issues. Um, and the league has changed enough. that I think 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I might not have advocated this, but they're being so strict with hits on the quarterback right now that I, I feel okay about it. Now, with Wembenyama, uh, Wembenyama there's just no uh, – the, the size is not a concern. No. It's a very, very good thing. Yeah. No, it's not. Oh, it's- yeah. Uh, it's, I, he's skinny, but not like – Freakishly skinny by NBA standards. Right. Not like Big Whitey from last year. Um, Chet Holmgren's his yeah. name. <laughs> or Big Whitey. <laughs> so, he, uh, uh, yeah, oh, the other thing that was making the rounds this weekend, because I guess somebody said it on Friday or Thursday. I didn't even know this or realize this until I saw how viral it was over the weekends. Comparing Bryce Young to Steph Curry, which I, I this is what I don't understand. Yes, yeah, Steph Curry was a skinny dude. But by NBA standards, he is not the extreme outlier that Bryce Young is. No. He's skinnier, but he's the same. He's average height of an NBA point guard. He's like 6'4". He's just skinnier yeah. than average. Yeah, but not freakishly skinny. Bryce Young is, like, way out there. The last real comp in the NFL to Bryce Young is Doug Flutie. Yeah. Like, that's how far you have to go back to find a viable starter that was in, in likely a little bit smaller than yeah. Bryce Young. But I also feel like Flutie might have had, a, like, a little bit of a thicker frame. You know, like, Bryce Young, part of it's just the – it's not just the, it's it's not the height and weight specifically. It's also just like the, almost the thickness of his frame. Yeah, yeah. No, he's yeah. skinny. He's he's super skinny. Yeah he's, yeah, he's super skinny. As far as Tillman goes, Seth, I fall in a combination of the first and fourth buckets. Uh, Tillman is being real. Good for him. Yeah. And this is hilarious. The other two buckets are more like negative. The, you know, the number two bucket I have here that the NBA is going to whack the Rockets for this. He may get fined, Tillman, for that because you're not supposed to mention draft prospects by name and i don't oh, think he was i don't think oh. he was praying for victor oladipo I, you know that right. would be funny like of all the victors that he could have been that'd be funny if his defense was i wasn't even talking about victor Wembanyama. <laughs> i was talking about victor oladipo former rocket come on now <laughs> we need that kind of leadership here yeah we need somebody that can come in and actually you know teach these young guys a thing or two i i thought honestly if i'm gonna sit back and just uh, and evaluate it all if all PR aside or possible league sanctions or anything, I feel like him just saying, thank God we've got 10 days off. It was a little bit more like him saying, yeah, everything sucks. We right now, suck. Yeah. 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 But, uh, but that's also an openness that I think you should encourage. I, I think that I, <laughs> I, I like owners it. to be, like, don't feed me some line about yeah. how it's a great product right now. Just he's being open and honest about it. Yeah, I don't have a big issue with it. I, you know, for Rocket fans who said this is embarrassing, um, boy, this is really going to put the team. We're definitely not getting Victor now. That to me says more about the skepticism oh. of the NBA lottery system than it does the Rockets, probably. Or just the flat old flat the out. Jinx. You know, you put it. Yeah, it's just superstition. Yeah, Victor Wembanyama. That's another thing. But some of these these European kids and these kids that grew up either if they grew up in Africa or Europe or Asia or something. They just have a different perspective on things. I read a quote from him this weekend where he was just talking about how, like, like, like in his mind, there's no such thing as a bad team. It's an incredible opportunity no matter where you go. Like, he said it yeah. so eloquently yeah. that uh, it just, can... it's, it's one, it almost made you, like, want to relent a little bit on your opinion of the French. He... But uh, he just, he's... Uh, but we won't. He, he, he said all the right things, but he said it, like, poetically. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. tells me that David Mulligetta, definitely not his agent. <laughs> definitely. He's definitely not signed with David Moore. Well, either that or he's just incredibly smart and professional. And, like, he might be angling behind the scenes like, dear God, I don't want to go here or there. Uh, but I'm, that's not what I'm going to say publicly. Maybe. Um, our friend uh, Coach Middlescreen on 
the Trailer Wheel and Frame text page. Oh, this is a good point. Imagine if we get both Bryce and Wemby, the possible photos of them next to each other. Yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. I mean, the one that went viral, the one that Barry uh, Warner had taken of Yao and JJ. Yeah. Remember? <laughs> it makes JJ look like a like an eager high school kid. Yes. Um, That would be 400 <laughs> times better. And he's oh, a God. legit, like, 15 inches shorter than Yao. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Yao was like 7'6". JJ's probably think- a foot shorter. JJ's probably 6'5". One thing Bryce Young needs to stop doing between now and the draft is taking pictures with any kind of a woman who's wearing heels because that's become the new fodder. Oh, yeah. Like, it's always like at some formal event or something. He was uh, – he took a photograph with Mina Kimes, who is taller. Uh, social media lists her as, like, 5'4". She's actually 5'8", and she was wearing huge heels at the NFL Awards. She took a picture with him, and because he didn't tower over her, people were uh, besides themselves with, with rage at how tiny Bryce Young is. Like, no, he's just <laughs> – He's not. He does need to be careful. I mean, he is small, but yeah, he needs to be careful. He can't take any more pictures with women. No, he's got to just act like act like there are me too allegations against you, right? And just right. stay stay the hell away. Or any any picture you take with a woman, you need to be like four feet away from her. Or that he's what you ask for in your quarterbacks. He's so hell bent and focused on football that he's asexual. He's he is uh, he doesn't no women, no booze, no partying, just the playbook, yeah. baby. That's it. I mean, it may not be true, but he needs to portray that image. Oh, oh, and that's and that's yeah. why he doesn't take any pictures. Next yeah, to yeah. Okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, that okay. right. He's hyper focused. Um, guys, uh, okay, we got a bunch of people texting in now on the trailer wheel and frame text page about what Vic. Hey, guys, Victor is short for victory, so pray for Victor could be interpreted yes. as pray for victory. That would be my argument to the NBA yes. if I were Tillman. My argument to the NBA would be: Have you seen a, how few we have? Wouldn't a better you? version of. Michael Irvin's uh, haphazard and poorly advised uh, going on the radio and saying he doesn't remember what he said to that lady. Right. <laughs> it's accusing him of saying something. Was that was drunk. the wrong thing to do. With this, we've got it on camera. And, and what Irvin said, yeah, I was, I, I'd had a few drinks and I can't remember what I said. Uh, with this, Tillman could be like, yeah, hell yeah, look at me. I'd had a few drinks. Of course I was trying to say pray for right. victory. Right. But I just, it was, uh, you know, I dropped, uh, I dropped a couple letters. Who hasn't dropped a syllable or two when they've been drinking hurricanes all day? You know? Yes. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you. God, that was some funny video, man. Tillman, don't change. Keep Talking, I, please. I think that Tillman went through like a two-year period, a learning curve of understanding exactly how much scrutiny there was on professional sports team owners. Yeah, and I think he he pulled back in some respects, but I think there's another side of him that just says like, "Ah, oh, it is what it is." Like, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get blowback. You got to deal with it, whatever, or don't even deal with it. Yeah, it everything everything these days fades within 48 hours. He's probably super tired of losing too, and it manifests itself or many different ways including going, yeah, thank God we have 10 days off and pray for Victor. This is where we are right now. So um, You'll notice whenever Ursay or whenever um, Tillman is caught for comment, even at Mardi Gras, it's like still kind of a work event. He has that huge party that he does. Yeah. And it, like it's always something that where he's organized, whereas with Ursay, it's like he's on his private jet flying to go play for play guitar Probably in, 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 in some venue where they've paid yes. the actual uh, uh, the, the actual people to be there to cheer from. The crowd right. is paid. And like yeah. sitting in the can <laughs> on his plane. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So if you're going to say kind of crazy, outrageous stuff, at least do it as an actively successful business person. There you go. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if he's still on his dark retreat, but there is a very, very plugged-in member of the Green Bay, of the, of the Packer media that says they are done with Aaron Rodgers. You're going to hear, and what, if they brought Aaron Rodgers back, this is what got me, if they brought Aaron Rodgers back, what his role might be with the Packers. That is next. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, 
celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you. We will do our uh, daily mock draft injection in the next segment. It's been I love that, by the way, Sean. That was a great... That was a great idea by you. Thank you. I appreciate that. It was, um, you know, I used to I used to despise the mock draft, but I've learned to love them. Yeah. It's a, it's a nice little thought experiment. It just And it gives you something to maybe tantalizing, something to be tantalized by or something to fear, the situation that you do or do not want. Hope yes. and fear, baby. Those are the two big things, and it uh, certainly engenders either of those. You see this list of, I've got a list of emotions here. You, that is a lot of emotions, dude. I didn't even know this many emotions existed. I didn't either. And yet I felt all of them at one point. How many are there on that sheet, and what in the hell is that for? It's basically it's a vocabulary of emotions and feeling. Okay. I was trying to this weekend. I was thinking about like, okay, I gotta you know sometimes especially in sports radio you fall into just using the same like you can you can only call ver- call various people a clown so many times before it loses its value. Yeah. So uh, just, in, in an effort to be a little bit more descriptive and interesting, um, I tried to figure out. I, I got to start using more um, more words. names for different emotions. Okay. Okay. I would say there's probably uh, ten. 20, 30, I'd say maybe like 300 different words here. Like different words for anger, Sean. After a Texans game, were you affronted, belligerent, bitter, burned up, enraged, fuming, furious? Or were you heated? I was at least six of those that you just named. <laughs> you know what I would say? Okay, after the, after the two-point conversion. Okay. Bitter. <laughs> Good job. Wow, I didn't even have to go for that. I was going to go after, okay. So there's, there's various categories here. I would say after the two-point conversion in the last game of the year, one of those would either be – it would be uh, if it was in the confusion column or the anger column or the remorse column. I feel like the confusion one, you'd be speechless. You'd be, you'd be stunned. Yes. You'd be taken aback. Yes. Yeah. I would was... you feel adrift? I might feel a little bit of a drift, a drift because I feel I kind of had the number one overall right. in my mind. And then all of a sudden, I, even as right up to the point where that damned – Colts defender had the ball in his hands yeah. for his easy interception. Uh, once he lost that, I felt a drift in this world. Uh, Clint Sterner and our boss Parker would definitely, definitely say that of the general columns that you just outlined, confusion, anger, whatever the other, anger was mine for sure because I pushed a chair over. So oh, I was yeah. definitely angry. I yeah. remember I came in the next day and I said, I am so disquieted. <laughs> You did. You did. And I'm like, I, I shall not feel this disquiet again, sir. I can't wait to hear you mix in new words. <laughs> I'm so excited about this. All right, let, let's get to Aaron Rodgers. Um, lest, oh, that is, that let, is one tortured, troubled, and wounded dude right now. Lest, <laughs> lest the audience feel affronted that we haven't yes. gotten to Aaron Rodgers yet. Sorry. Uh, Sorry, everybody. Okay. Um, Bob McGinn is a no, longtime media member in, in Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> He's a longtime media member in Wisconsin who works for Tyler Dunn now, golongtd.com. It's a subscription yeah. site. They do a good job covering the NFL. Um, they did a podcast, and Aaron Rodgers was the big topic on the podcast. Bob McGinn is super plugged in with the Green Bay Packers. Here. And he's long been known as a guy, like a legitimate source of anonymous quotes. Yes. Like he's, he's plugged in with a lot of GMs and scouts and coaches and everything. So like, unlike Nolan Naraki, who was basically run out of the business for anonymous quotes, Bob McGinn somehow maintained a level of respect, uh, while delivering out these anonymous quotes. He's like the godfather yep. of the anonymous quotes. The, the, yeah, yes. people just don't question him. They're like, yeah, Bob knows a lot of people. Yep. Okay. Yep. And here is what he thinks is going to happen with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. And- as of right now, Tyler, I mean, I'm convinced based on my own instincts and knowing the NFL and knowing what, what happens after all these defeats and discussions with someone who just firsthand knowledge of this organization's of the Packers' uh, internal debates, that they are done with Rodgers, that that's the way it is right now, that He's not coming back. I mean, they're disgusted with him, and they're done with him, and they're moving on. And, you know, we're, 
this is going to involve money and a trade partner and all kinds of things. But I'm totally convinced he will not be their starting quarterback this year. On the other hand, they love Jordan Love. They think he is the second coming now. They have seen enough in practice for three years that they believe he is like Rodgers 2.0. That's where this organization is coming from right now. They have turned the page just like they did to Favre in uh, June and July, those months there, the summer of 2008. And I don't see it changing. All right, long cut, but uh, I, it lays out the situation perfectly. We we had to get to the part about Jordan Love because that's yeah. the natural, that's the natural uh, reaction to they're done with Rodgers is, okay, well, what's the solution? What's the plan B? The plan B is they, I guess, like what they've seen out of Jordan Love. Similarly, similar, Seth, to they like what they saw out of Aaron Rodgers for three years while he played not at all with Brett Favre in the building. Yeah, sometimes I wonder if maybe in Green Bay it's a little too easy to delude yourself into thinking that that's an easy-to-replicate situation. That I, I mean, that was lightning in a bottle. I don't care how smart you are. Uh, it, it takes a certain amount of luck to get an Aaron Rodgers <laughs> after, you know, as you're, as you're disposing of a Brett Favre. So I'm not 100% sold on that. Uh, I, I do think that Jordan Love probably is in the best situation he could be in because now he's been in, in, in Lafleur's system for a couple of years now and could actually you know come in without that that growing period or learning curve. Yeah, I think that right now, I think that the the fact that Rogers has been so open about kind of his searching uh, journey that he's on right now through ayahuasca and darkness retreats and all of that. I think that might really work against him professionally because it's matched with – it's one thing when he had won two MVPs in a row and he was talking about ayahuasca retreats and all that, uh, which all that stuff – I'm totally and super open to all that stuff, by the way, except that you got to still be able to nail your day job while you're at it. Yep. This last year, according to Bob McGinn, one of the other things he said in this podcast was that that – People in Green Bay feel like he showed up, just not even the same physical specimen that he typically is. And it's not like Rodgers was that we have that. Okay. Yeah, we do. We've got okay. that. Yeah. The, what the plan would be if Rodgers came back and how his coming back this past season uh, irked the Green Bay Packers. Even if Rodgers comes back to collect that 59, 59 million, I think he's the backup. And he can try to, you know, he could try to ruin the whole operation. I'm sure he would. But he knows that's not going to happen, and he's going to accept a trade somewhere. Uh, he knows he can't live with that, and the Packers fans and everybody. It's love's turn. The organization's going that way, and that's the way it is. And they are – they're so done with – and this is this is everybody, I'm told. This is Murphy. This is LaFleur. This is Gutekunst. This is the whole shooting match. That they are – they've turned the page, and uh, – they don't see Rodgers as a guy who's really working hard anymore. Um, they see a guy who, when he reported this year, his body wasn't as so-called tight and strong as it was. Uh, they see a guy who's, you know, blew off the offseason last year, and they can all this gobbly gook about what they say in pressers, but that just infuriated them. That's good. Infuriated them. Infuriated them. Didn't look tight. Just, yeah. ba- I mean, ba- what they're saying, Seth, is football's not as important to him anymore. It's kind of right. Which is uh, like, what's and, uh, and it passes I know we, the smell test. I, and I, you know, I say it all the time. Like my my head coaches and my quarterbacks, yes. I don't want them to have a pers- a good perspective on life. Uh, right. That's that's half joking, but half true. I think for some guys. If you if you start to understand like uh, the insignificance of football or even yourself in this world, uh, sometimes that can be. That's not the kind of thing that lends itself to seeking and striving for greatness as a quarterback. The thing that the thing that's angering though about Aaron Rodgers, Sean, is that okay, cool, like he's going on this journey and he's discovering, you know, he views the world differently. Almost like you know, the kid dazed and confused. The kid and days are confused. I like realize like I, I don't really want everything that goes with being the stud quarterback. So I'm going to take your contract and say screw it. The difference is Aaron Rodgers signed the contract, yeah. accepted 150 million guaranteed, and still said screw it. That's a problem. Aaron Rodgers is the guy who is sleeping on your couch 
eating your groceries, telling you about the evils of the capitalistic system, um, basically living off of you and your capitalist job, uh, but while decrying the how awful it all is. Like, that's what he is. He's a freeloader. He's, he's living off of the NFL and the Green Bay Packers while basically saying that uh, he's just going to go his own way these days. So the Packers are sick of it. The question is, do the Raiders or somebody else feel like, yeah, but you know what? He's still an awesome quarterback and in a new situation in the right environment he'll be different with us well I mean what what jumped out to me Seth in addition to the things that were discussed with Rogers conditioning and care about football and all that stuff McGinn is the first one to really go all in that hey they love Jordan Love like we've heard them we've heard the rumors and the rumblings about they might be sideways with Aaron Rodgers that's the strongest endorsement for Jordan Love that I've heard so the difference with the Packers right now is if indeed that's true, is they've got a plan B that they feel good about. What would make the Raiders or the Jets a team that could land Aaron Rodgers and maybe talk themselves into it is they have no plan B. You know, unless yeah. unless the Jets feel good about their visit with Derek Carr yesterday or two days ago, whenever he, they, they visited with Derek Carr in New York, then, then maybe that's their plan B, but... Desperate times call for desperate measures with certain teams. The, the Raiders make so much sense, except for that it's Josh McDaniels and Aaron Rodgers. How do those personalities mesh? But the, the quote that I can't get out of my head was that uh, Ian O'Connor, who had written a book about the Patriots, said that uh, a coach told him once that Tom Brady had said of Aaron Rodgers, I know that's a big telephone game there, but basically that Aaron Rodgers felt like, man, Aaron, excuse me, Tom Brady felt like Aaron Rodgers is so much more talented than me if he just knew what I know. If he had this ability, if he'd been taught how to read tendencies and everything, he'd be unstoppable. Like So at various golf tournaments sometimes over the last few years and events, I'm guessing Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady maybe have had that conversation. And maybe that ends up being what gets Aaron Rodgers to the Raiders. It's like, okay, wow. That's a whole different way of thinking. Uh, honestly, Josh McDaniels, he needs to go off and do a darkness retreat or an ayahuasca retreat or something. So, uh, so at the very least, Aaron Rodgers can feel like, oh, you know what? This guy's trying to get me a little bit. And then maybe Josh McDaniels, in going on an ayahuasca retreat, will get rid of some of his weirdness, too. Was- and he'll be able to relate to just uh, people other than just Aaron Rodgers. He could use it, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. We do it every day uh, in the next segment, just before headlines, the Daily Pain and Pendergast Mock Draft Injection. What do college football experts think, or how do college football experts think the first round of the draft is going to play out? <laughs> Mock Draft with college football experts and headlines. That is next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, mock draft injection time. We're getting a lot of text to the trailer wheel and frame text page. Uh, thank you. Seth has everybody on a ch- on a uh, quest for synonyms <laughs> to words. Um, Seth was asking earlier the reaction to the two point conversion. What words 
would we use when you pulled out your play card, your Denny's menu of synonyms that you have? Uh, yeah, football coaches have a play menu. I've got a word menu. You've got a word menu. Uh, text message to the Trailer Wheel and Frame text page 5468. I was shocked, chagrined, mortified, stupefied. <laughs> Is that a Jackie Childs one? I, it should be because it rhymes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I will say, kids and adults, honestly, a thesaurus is probably one of the more underrated tools. I mean, yeah. these days, obviously, thesaurus.com on your phone, right. uh, just to, to sound more intelligent than you actually are. But in the same vein, like just being more, being more entertaining and descriptive in your language. There's no, you, should, you, you should have no shame in using a thesaurus. I was. It's, uh, it's a it's a service to your listener. It makes you it makes uh, the listening experience more enjoyable for them, no matter what type of conversation you're having. This texture was vexed and consternated about the <laughs> <laughs> two point conversion. I like this, Seth. That you sent the you've sent our listeners now on a quest for Victor Wembanyama footage and big words. I like it. I like this list because it it doesn't really have any highfalutin. Words to where it's, you know, a lot of times you, you go to the source, the danger is you're going to use a word that really doesn't fit. Uh, and then, and then it's obvious and apparent <laughs> that you're, that you're just trying to, right. you're trying to sound fancy. <laughs> uh, this one's all pretty plain words. It's, uh, I got it at tomdrummond.com. I only went to it because it popped up in the, if this guy's like some white supremacist or something, I don't endorse that. I just, I Googled a list of emotions and this popped up. Okay. Printed it too. Yeah. TomDrummond.com is going to be some whack job that, uh, <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's like Seth Payne openly yeah. endorsing this guy who hates just about everybody. Right. Except, except guys who look like Seth Payne. That's right. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's, uh, let's do the, uh, daily mock draft injection. This one is courtesy of, the athletic.com's college football staff. Um, so they've got one, two, three, four, five, six. They got about nine people and they're just taking turns. No trading allowed in this draft. And I think that's yeah. a key thing to point out with these mock drafts. What makes it, makes it a little dicey for the Texans and how accurate these could be is that a lot of them, at least at this stage, don't include trades. And I think more than most years, the number one overall pick is is has a for sale sign on it, right? Yeah, now. I think honestly, with the with the mock drafts, the fun part is kind of like you got to be like a good math teacher, and you're going through and you're grading the process as much as the final answer. Yeah. So the final answer doesn't mean as much. I want to see, okay, what what itches my what what scratches my itch? Yep. What does my team need, and what, how might the Texans come about it? That's the fun part. Yep, that's the fun part. Making this selection for the Texans is Max Olson, who is one of their obviously one of their college football experts. The Bears took Jalen Carter with the first overall pick. Defensive tackle out of Georgia. So, let's do this with the second pick in the athletic college football expert mock draft. The Houston Texans select Bryce Young, quarterback, Alabama. Here is Olsen's rationale. In this trade-free mock draft, the Texans are happy to sit back and get their guy at number two. Young is the difference maker this new coaching staff needs to build around. His poise and accuracy are special. He totally played up to the hype in his two seasons as an SEC starter. The size concerns are valid, but you'd be a fool to talk yourself out of drafting Bryce Young. I like, I like the athletic. I think strives to be a little bit more of like an intellectual publication than your average sports yes. uh, sports publication. I like that uh, he goes to as his argument. You'd be a fool not to take this guy. So that's uh, a pretty fancy logic there. <laughs> I, uh, as much as I'm swayed by the fear of being viewed as a fool, I already did hope that the Texans would take Bryce Young, and I look, I. I'm very much concerned about the size. I think that's a huge wild card. I'm willing to take that risk because I feel like Bryce Young, more than any other quarterback in this class, just flat out looks, plays, um, understands the game in a way that the other guys do not. I think he has, and this is the important part, I think sometimes the error isn't in, the error isn't in assuming that a young, uh, the, a lighter guy might be more prone to getting injured from big hits. Um, I think the error is in ignoring altogether whether a small guy or a big guy is adept at avoiding hits. Yes. And there are a lot of big Like Tom Savage would be the extreme example. Tom Savage had all the prototype size, right? But it, going back to college, one of the huge knocks against him was that he just had no pocket awareness. He would just take these hits that were completely unnecessary. And almost to the point, and he, it, like he wouldn't even protect himself. It looked like he was completely unaware that he was about to get hit almost every time he got hit. So there, if you look at a guy like that, you almost just take size out of the equation. You say, this guy's not going to be durable in the NFL because he can't avoid contact. Um, Bryce Young shows 
inability to sense the guys around him. And a college pocket is not as hard to deal with as an NFL pocket. NFL pockets get compressed very quickly. But Bryce Young, more so than other prospects, just shows this ability to kind of feel when somebody is behind him or coming on his um, uh, blind side to maneuver up in the pocket instead of back in the pocket. College guys including Pat Mahomes and Notorious for trying to flee out the back of the pocket. Bryce Young steps up in the pocket. So there are a lot of things to like about his pocket awareness, and and very importantly for him, his ability to avoid as many huge collisions. Yep. Um, Before we get to the 12th overall pick, Seth, I want to read one of these to you because I think this jumped out at you as well. This particular mock draft, Justin Williams is a former UCLA offensive lineman. When I say former, he was on the team like two years ago. Um, he's now with The Athletic. I guess he's one of their college football experts, so he's yeah. looking to make a career in the media. He is selecting for the Indianapolis Colts at four, yeah. and he's got the Colts taking Will Levis, and he says this, Will Levis, the quarterback out of Kentucky. Indianapolis is taking a quarterback. That much seems set in stone, and if the Colts don't trade up to get Bryce Young, it means they are likely deciding between Levis and C.J. Stroud. A case can be made for either, but based on his NFL measurables and his style of play, Levis seems to fit that Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck mold the Colts have favored in the past. Hmm. You've watched some Will Levis. I know you've watched a lot of Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck, both collegiately and in the NFL. Yeah, well, Andrew Luck at least makes – because Andrew Luck could run. He was was very – uh, athletic, right, um, right, but including Peyton in the, the there. The Peyton Manning side, uh, it's odd. hard to, it's hard to, especially when you consider both those guys uh, were extremely productive and just good. Let's just okay. say very, very good college how, football players. How, whereas Levis really hasn't been. Um, how can yeah, we? Yeah, that's hard. Not it's hard to get around. Just that, like, yeah, Ursay likes a big white guy. Yeah, I that's what know. I was going to yeah. say. I want to give this Justin Williams a benefit of the doubt because he's just starting in on his media career. How can we, with a straight face, include Peyton Manning in this triumvirate of Manning, Luck, Levis, without just going, oh yeah, three gargantuan white dudes? Sure. It's, yeah, it, that's one of the things that. That's kind of like you got to just check yourself. Even if you're if you're trying to half-ass your way through some opinion because you don't really know what you're talking about, as soon as something like that comes up, you got to be like, "Wait a second, why am I making this comp again?" Oh, okay, let me fact-check myself on this. Oh, yep, there it goes. I did it. <laughs> and then you know, just no look. Everybody's got the various biases. You make assumptions, but you got to you got to check yourself on these things, man. He was he would have been fine if the sentence read, "A case can be made for either Levis or Stroud," but based on his NFL measurables, and just stop there and say Levis seems to fit the Manning luck because they're all similar height, similar weight, you know, similar yeah. stature. It's where he mixes in be, based on his NFL measurables and his style of play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah style <laughs> of play is what where it falls apart a little bit. All right, let's um, let's get to the twelfth pick, and then we'll get to some headlines here. Yes, thank you. Um, with the twelfth pick in the college football expert, theathletic.com. Mock draft. The Houston Texans select Quentin Johnston, wide receiver, TCU. I love this draft by them. Any draft that gets us Bryce Young and Quentin Johnston, I am there for. Here's what they say. And Max Olsen makes this pick as well. You got Young at number two. Now we're getting a go-to receiver for the franchise. It's not hard to upgrade at this spot from last year's crew of Cooks, Moore, Collins, and Dorsett. Johnston is a freak athlete at 6'4", 215, who is still just scratching the surface of his pro potential and should impress at the Combine. Young can certainly throw it up to Johnston, trust he'll win on 50-50 balls, but the long wideout is also adept at making plays in space. That last part is the part that separates Johnston from me. As you pointed out, Seth, the size is big. If they're going to run, and it looks like they're going to run, the Kubshanistani Kub- uh, Kub- offense, yeah. um, you need big receivers who are willing to block. But anybody who watches Quentin Johnston, I mean, he's not just good going over the middle because of his size. He runs away from people for a guy yeah. his size. Well, and if you look at, I mean, just looking at, you know, various rankings of wide receivers in this draft class, like, like Zay Flowers out of BC, he's 5'10", 172. Jordan Addison from USC, six foot 175. Um, gosh, Josh Downs, 5'10", 175. This is what the slot receiver position has uh, or at least the, the tinier, skinnier receiver. Because now slot, slot receivers line up outside a lot more than they used to, too. The, the tiny wide receiver has gotten a lot more respect as of late than they used to. But the Texans have that in John Mechie. And I think John Mechie is somebody that you 
Uh, the only concern about him, obviously, is he's a rookie still, or he'll be like a rookie. Um, so you don't know exactly how it's going to play out, except that he played at Alabama, and everybody at Alabama acted like he was like the salt of the earth and the best dude who ever walked the earth. Um, just how does he recover from cancer? You know, we saw David Quesenberry. Quesenberry's been in the league a long time since he beat cancer, but it took a few years for him to really – you know, almost literally get his feet underneath him. Yeah. Where it looked like he was standing on solid ground and as strong as he used to be. Yep. So I, I guess that's the big question with John Mechie this year is like, is he, is he completely recovered from the cancer treatment? Right, right. Um, so I'm down with that. I am down with a Bryce Young, Quentin Johnston draft. We do it each and every day, right before headlines, the mock draft injection. Let's get to some headlines. Payne and Pendergast with today's headlines brought to you by BaywayJeep.com. Slow week with the Texans. There's a lot going on behind the scenes, I'm sure. We're trying to get the staff completed. I would expect that we would hear an announcement at some point in the next few days on a full announcement of the staff. A lot of reports. I mean, we know Bobby Slowick is going to be the OC. We know... I you think know, there was an official report about that guy they hired as the assistant to the senior assistant. Okay. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was really getting nervous that we were sitting out there uh, twisting in the wind with no assistant to the senior assistant. Right, right. But now right. we have the senior assistant to the, the assistant to the senior right, assistant. Right, to the regional to, manager. We don't know who that is, the assistant to whom, yes. but yes. Um, so the full staff we should get here, I would say probably, hopefully sometime this week. I, I and imagine. I'll be full staff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right. Seth will be very excited. About, yes, indeed. Indeed. Um, I'll be, hold on a second. Yeah, no go, for, this is a very negatively skewed list of synonyms. There's no, well, do they have uh, one for excited on there? They've got one column on the left here. Look, for happiness and yeah. caring. Okay. And then the other columns are depression, inadequacy, fear, confusion, hurt, anger, loneliness, and remorse. This feels like someone who used Twitter as the basis for their list. <laughs> this is, well, I think it's, I think it's like some kind of uh, therapist or psychologist. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that usually does. you don't go into a, usually you don't go into a therapist and they're like, so what are you feeling? Like, why'd you come in today? I got to tell you, I'm a bullion. That's why. <laughs> give me, uh, give me three or four of the ones under happy. Uh, that you've got on that list there. Um, I'll give you the funnest ones. Okay. Tickled pink. Okay. Uh, tur- turned on. Yeah. Uh, zippy. Okay. Let's do those. Okay. I'm feeling turned on and zippy by the Houston Astros <laughs> at spring training right now. And I'm- too. I can't wait. Don't sit too close to me, though, um, <laughs> next week when we're at spring training. <laughs> Don't worry. You're going to be like how turned on I am. <laughs> yeah. Don't like, you were, like you were in a 30-year coma and right. you woke up to like how they used it and like, well, a fifty-year coma, like back in like the sixties and seventies. Like, I'm turned on, bro. To go to HR after the trip's over. I got me tooed by who? By Seth. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, anyways, Astros spring training. Um, a lot of news coming out from the Astros over the last few days. Um, the the big things that are being worked on are uh, contracts. Still, we we presume for a handful of players, including we hope. I think most people hope Kyle Tucker. Kyle Tucker lost his arbitration case. Uh, about a week and a half ago, he wanted seven and a half million for the upcoming season. The Astros offered five. They went to arbitration. Astros win. There's no middle ground when you go to arbitration. The arbiter picks one or the other. They pick the five million. Here's Kyle Tucker on losing his arbitration case. I mean, it's a little tough, um, just because you know you you know been here for a while now, and you know come out, come in here every day, and you know put in the work, and you know try and you know have a lot of success to the team, and you know try and win you know championships and have success during the regular season playoffs and stuff. So. You know, it was a little tough in that aspect that, you know, you put in all that work and, you know, you, you value yourself, you know, a certain way and the team values you know, yourself a little differently. But, um, you know, it's just all a part of the arbitration process and the business side of this. But you just got to, you know, respect the outcome of it now and, you know, just move on and go get ready for the season. I'm going to tell you the, the hardest part for me if I were Kyle Tucker, Seth, if I were if I were to be in my feelings about losing my arbitration case over yeah. $2.5 million, which, compared to the total amount that was being asked for on both sides, is not an insignificant amount. Um, the, of all the things going on with the team that would bother me, it would probably be Rafael Montero getting three years, $33 million from the Astros. Oh, yeah. And I understand Montero's at a different part of his career arc than Kyle Tucker. Look, when Kyle yeah. Tucker is at that part of his career arc where he's a free agent, he'll break the bank. But they just so easily just dished out $33 million to a guy oh. who was who – was, Honestly, by the end of the postseason, it was tough watching Montero pitch. He was uh, he was a high risk 
player at the end of the year to put out there, and he got three years, $33 million from the team. This is where – now that was given out before Dana Brown. It was, yes. Yep. Yep. Um, so there's that. So I think that if you, know, if you can kind of frame it now moving forward as, okay, this is Dana Brown's opinion as much as it is either Crane or Bagwell or anybody else, then, then that, that's easier to perhaps mend or mold if there are any hurt feelings. I did feel like, Tucker, just reading the body language and everything and watching that actual video – I feel like he did definitely. I don't look. I, I don't think he felt rejected, ridiculed, or ruined. But I feel like he did. Like it was an eye opener to him that that okay, yeah, this is how the organization feels about me, and maybe it's not as great as I thought it was. It's hard to separate yourself from the process when it's right there in front of yeah. you. Yeah, and and it might. That's what I always worry about with arbitration hearings. It might kind of cement some guys in. And harden them into okay. I see. I see the way it is now. Yes, it's a it's a business. I'm going up against business people. Yep. I need to treat this like a business. Yeah. And, and the sweet spot is when you can grab them when they're young and naive. You can talk them into these long term deals. Yes. Um. This might have been the this might have been the moment where Kyle Tucker realized. Okay. Yeah. I'm just going to go to free agency and whatever happens happens. If they come up and blow me out of the water with a deal, then so be it. But I get it now. It's a business. I totally agree. Let's give away some rodeo tickets here quickly. We're going to do this again. Again in the 9 o'clock hour. Cody Jenks. This is your last chance to win Cody Jenks tickets. Caller number 5 wins a four-pack. 713-572-4610. March the 13th is the Cody Jenks show. March the 13th. Keep listening all day for your chance to win rodeo tickets, but this is your last shot if you're a Cody Jenks fan to see him at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. Cook-off coming up this week, so it's here. Machine Gun Kelly tickets in the final hour of our show today and throughout the Rest of the uh, the rest of the day here on Sports Radio 610. 11, 1, 3, and 5 here. Um, giving away rodeo tickets. All right, so um, that was Kyle Tucker, and I'm with you, Seth. And I think what we've learned, I mean, I think we're, we're at basically with big-time, like, all-star level players, if they don't sign early with the Astros, they don't sign with the Astros. Yeah. You know, you think about the guys that are under long-term deals with this team right now. Um, Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, both signed with a couple years left on their on their deals, the deals that they have right now. Christian Javier just decided to sign. Jordan Alvarez signed back in June. Um, I'm, I'm probably missing one or two here that, that did the same thing. But those those are the ones, if you're looking, oh, Lance, well, Lance, McC- Lance McCullers Ooh. did kind of, ma- he had a year left on his deal. Um, Which is another, by the way, big kind of story that we've been I it's a big story in that he's not pitching because of soreness right now and because of his history if it weren't for his history it would be another one but well, yeah. yeah we'll we'll get to him um but he but he signed early too not as early as some of the others as you know Javier signed with like three years of team control left but they all all the guys who were under these long-term by yeah. Astro standard big money deals all signed early conversely the guys that chose not to sign early and chose to keep going to arbitration each year or made it to free agency um, they they all left. You know, Garrett Cole made it to free agency. He left because uh, they when they traded for him, he still had a couple of years of team control left. Yeah, I don't, and I don't. I mean, that just might be an indication of okay. Yeah, that's the that's the sample of players who had decided that that's what they were going to do. So it's I mean, one of the reasons they don't come to the terms early on. It it might as much be on their side as it is on the Astros that it's just they're they're going to push it for free agency unless you get, they really get blown out. George yeah. Springer made it to that point. Carlos Correa made it to that point. Justin Verlander's kind of a special case because he came back on a one-year prove-it deal. I guess my point with this, Seth, is that the Astros aren't going to play in that sandbox. They're not playing yeah. in the eight-year, $360 million. You know, George Springer, they ain't given six years, 150 to a 31-year-old outfielder. You they got to save room for Otani next year. <laughs> Free agent. Yeah. Oh, no, I know. I, yeah. <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> Isn't that crazy, though? Remember when Otani, it just seems like forever ago that Otani... Or it doesn't seem like that long ago um, that Otani came into the league. And and remember, he kind of, if he would have waited a couple of years, he could have come in as a free agent, but he just d- decided he just wanted to get over here and just start dominating at the highest level. Um, and yet, here he is, a free agent already. Dude. One, one year from now. God, that's going to be fascinating. Because he's making $30 million this year. Um, he's doesn't go that far in Japan, man. <laughs> that stuff, that gets soaked up real quick. I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does. Yeah, but like, how do you... How do you pay a guy who is a Cy, a perennial Cy Young candidate and a perennial MVP candidate oh, as a as an everyday player? We had figured this out last year. Okay, 
It was a, there was something that made sense. Did it sound Basically, smart? Oh, by war, you pay him by war. By war, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. you just pay him by war. Whatever is his war is, which is still, but because uh, I think over the last few years he's been the war leader at least a couple times. So, but you prorate the war from the other guys, and then you uh, so the wins above replacement. Yep. Which is kind of you know you can make arguments on one side or the other whether it's more weighted towards pitchers or position players or whatever. But um, yeah, pay him by war. Okay, I like so that. So what's Mike Trout's war versus Otani's war? My guess is the last couple of years with the injuries, it's been significantly lower. Oh yeah, okay, war is a cumulative him. stat. <laughs> yeah, so it's probably been a lot lower. Christian Javier, by the way, somebody tweeted this out this weekend. He's already like 51st in franchise history in war. I like it. Otani last year. Okay, you, you pay him judge's contract. Otani uh, last year was 9.6 in war. Aaron Judge was 10.6. Aaron Judge was 10.6. Okay, so he yeah. was second Aaron Judge. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, by the way, you're listening to KLT and KLT HD2 and Odyssey Station. Other nuggets from Astros spring training where Seth and I will be starting on Sunday night. Um, Jose Altuve wants to retire an Astro. Here was Jose Altuve reacting to Dana Brown, GM of the Astros, saying he wants Altuve to retire an Astro. I like when he said that, obviously. You know, I have been all my career here, and I hope to to retire here. So I think we are on the same page. Yeah, happy to, to play with my teammates and do something with my fans, like I always say. Uh, so Altuve, I, that I feel most confident in of all the things, of all the different kind of balls that are up in the air with the Astros right now, contractually, the thing I'm most confident in, Jose Altuve will never wear another uniform. He will yeah. be an Astro for life. I'm not as worried about that. If he does, it's not going to be anything of note. It'll be like Joe Montana in Kansas City. I mean, and Joe Montana actually went to the playoffs in Kansas City, but it, I don't feel like at the end of the day it marred his legacy in San Francisco. I just don't want to see it. <laughs> like, I, yeah, would, it would I, bother I me. I don't. Does it? Would it bother you, or would it be kind of nice if he was in the other league to to watch him kind of have some success, like uh, like uh, Pujols this year? If you you know, if Pujols had been, <laughs> if uh, that's a tricky one because he was doing it with his old team. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if Pujols had gone elsewhere and was like having that uh, that that push that he had this year, okay. if Altuve were to do that, but especially if were to do it I, in the National League, would you feel like, oh, okay, this is this is nice? Probably not. But I'm I'm willing to let my mind go there. As you can tell by the 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 look on my face, I'm trying to get myself into that space. I'm trying to think, okay, what would that what would that look like for Jose Altuve? He would have to be at a stage where he's you know kind of. He's more. He's at that Carlos Beltran stage when Beltran signed with the Astros. He's more about providing leadership than he is about being an MVP candidate. Yeah, boy, and and it'd be with a younger team. Like so, if Jose Altuve left in a few years and went to San Diego, a team with a bunch of young guys. It's got Juan Soto and it's got Fernando Tatis Jr. and other young players on that team. Could I like Jose Altuve? Is it no? Nope, can't Seth? It, and it's some. I think some of it. Some of it might depend on what team he goes to. Yeah. Nope. I can't. I just put myself in that space. I would hate this, it. Uh, this li- I've already realized just a half hour into this, Sean, yeah. that using this uh, this list of synonyms for emotions and feelings, it's an inadequate list. I don't know if you're aware of this. There are a lot of words in the English language. Dude. And uh, <laughs> like even there, like you were trying to uh, – I was looking at my list as you were saying, you know, that look on your face. Yeah. I was trying to figure out what that was exactly. Yeah. And it wasn't – so I had to look – I had to go to the – I had to go to um, – I had to go to – thesaurus.com to say that you looked like you were like you were grappling with something i was yes that's exactly yeah i was grappling that's a good yes that wasn't on your sheet right there it literally has 800 words like what's there's a there's a column for confusion but that wasn't quite it yeah yeah you know i got you um so uh, bottom line is i don't want jose altuve uh playing anywhere else you mentioned mccullers yeah, were you incensed that I brought that up ahead of when we were supposed to talk about Not incensed about him? at all. Okay. No, no, not incensed. Not are in- you seething still over that or feel, feeling vindictive at all? No. Okay. But if you keep firing synonyms at me, I might start seething. You'll get up. crabby and cranky? <laughs> yes. <Yep. laughs> no, um, I won't. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 